This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the creator of Submission Support, our monthly membership to help you curate and submit your next wedding. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm super excited about today's brand new episode because we're chatting with Marley Major all about how to sell in today's luxury market and where to find it. Marley gives us a deep dive into what the luxury market looks like today, how we can get access to it, and how we can stay there. A little bit about Marley is that she is known as the party goddess and the profit goddess, and she is a force to be reckoned with in LA's event planning scene and the CEO of a nationally acclaimed full-service event planning and catering company. Marley has worked with Snoop Dogg and Britney Spears and authored a business guide for entrepreneurs called Are You Making Any Money? I'm so excited that she's here today, and this is a great show. So get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Marley, can you say hi to everybody? Hello. How are you guys? There, We're good. We're good. I'm so excited you're here. How are you doing today? I am doing well, and I'm, I'm excited to be on this podcast, and I... Loved listening to some of your other ones. So it's a it's a real treat. I think we're going to have fun today. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited. Our topic is one of my faves, how to sell in today's luxury market and where to find it. Definitely excited to pick your brain and figure out how to help our audience get in, in there, <laughs> get inside the yes. luxury market of today's standards. So before yes. we get started, let's tell everybody a little bit, a little bit about you, your company and how you got started. So I have a company in uh, LA called The Party Goddess, and we are a full-service catering and event planning company. And I like to describe it as we do every aspect of an event from A to Z, or we do like A, P, Q, and R. (laughs) So somebody can come to us and say, here's my date, here's my budget, and handle it. Or they can come to us and say, hey, listen, I have the venue, I have the photographer, and I have the food, but I need you to do all the tour and everything else. So we, and then we, you know, we travel, we do destination events as well. And I got started when, I mean, it's a long story, but I went to Georgetown and got my business degree and I worked, I had a class, an interview for a class 
uh, that was a business class, but I had to do it on something that I knew more about than anybody else. And so I interviewed this chef from this like very fancy restaurant and then decided that I needed to marry him. And so in order to marry him, I had to get a job there, which I did. And then he didn't ask me out. So I quit. And I got engaged the month after graduation to him and then got into the restaurant business. So from the restaurant business is really where it all started. And then we took over a catering company and a banquet operation and all kinds of other stuff. And then in 2000, I just started focusing on on off-premise events and, you know, that, you know, all the like ups and downs that go with having your own business, that's for sure. And then I ended up writing a book called, But Are You Making Any Money?, which was basically to solve my own problems in business, because at that point I had many. And even though I had a business degree, I still like couldn't seem to find my way to paper bags. So that's the long and short of it. So today I run my company, The Party Goddess, and then I have a consulting business called The Profit Goddess that helps other, usually female entrepreneurs, um, often creatives who get into the business or get into a business that's different. Let's say they were lawyers or they left corporate America or something and they got into business and then realized, oh my gosh, like I don't, you know, I'm doubting myself or I'm not making as much as I thought I was going to like, and what am I doing wrong? And so my whole kind of secret sauce is, is pricing and really figuring out why you don't have money in your pocket at the end of the day. Yeah. That's awesome. How long did it take you to write a book? My whole life. Um, no, but I mean, if you think, you think about everything that goes into a book, but you know, it probably took, I'm trying to think probably, you know, a year. I mean, I was, I was hustling with it. And I, fortunately I had a, I had, a, I knew exactly what I needed to say. It was a, it was a fairly narrow, it was fairly narrow focus in terms of it's like an expanded version of cost of goods sold. And it's like, you know, adding time into, into your pricing, which most people don't. And it, it, the concepts were simple and I wanted to get it out and then be able to elaborate. And now what I think I'm going to do is, is why well, I, I was part of two other books, actually, ironically, that came out in November, oh, cool. but I think I'm going to do another version of this one, but like include AI and kind of some secret sauce like that, because that has been just such a game changer. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, cool. Well, I hope that happens. That sounds great. (laughs) Thank you. So do I. Yeah. So let's talk about the luxury market. Let's talk about that. Like, can you, I feel like this is just like a moving target, but I would love to hear, you know, can you share what that means as of today, you know, in 2024, what is... What does that mean? Who is the luxury client? You know, what what's going on in there? Well, I'm glad you prefaced it with saying it's a moving target because I feel like there are there are certain components with business that are always kind of evergreen, right? And then there are components that I feel like if you know tomorrow the top it'll be outdated. So you have to kind of keep that in mind, I think, when we're having this conversation because the luxury market is is changing, well, keeps changing. So to me, the luxury market used to be, you know, one of two groups, right? You grew up with money and you were kind of trust fund, multi-generational, that was kind of luxury. Or you were like the nouveau riche, hey, you just got 
you know, a ton of money from selling a company or something, or you married into it and you really didn't know how to quote appropriately entertain or spend with it. And you kind of have those two groups. Well, now I think that's, it's very, very different. And I think that's changed. The luxury market has changed so, so, so much because of social media. So first of all, anybody can pretend they are a luxury vendor or a luxury shopper, right? It's so easy with social media. You just project this image and then it must be true, right? Mm-hmm. And the demographics of of the luxury client have changed so much because let's say if you used to be in the States, I mean, maybe you would, you would work with a client, you know, in London or something, but, you know, you kind of were dealing with the States or, or more locally. But these days with as you say with social media you can you know, people in russia can find out about you people in just literally all over the globe and and i think the rules have ch- just changed so much and what the expectations are so for example you know you didn't used to be able to, able to go into a country club or have an event unless you were like you know you had a jacket and tie and you had this and you had you know all these other things well these days even the strictest country clubs have relaxed a lot of that a lot of those dress codes and a lot of the you know even the cell phone policy like you certainly never could have a cell phone out now it's like okay well it could be in this designated area or you can text but you can't be on the phone and, and all those factors come into the luxury market but the the simplest way i would or that i break it down in my head is luxury because you you no longer can identify it right you can't for the most part well and and do it accurately because people can fake it so much right like before if you were dressed up and you had like a great handbag and you had you know your nails were done you could kind of be like okay you're heading in the right direction but these days sometimes the the sloppiest dressers right you could be a gazillion dollar rapper and or you know the the whole millionaire next door thing where the guy you know the dad's in overalls and a plaid shirt and you know owns walmart i mean you just you just don't you don't know so you can't judge the book by its cover so to me what the luxury audience appears to be can appear in any shape size or form and what it is defined by is is make my life easy period end of subject so mm-hmm. you the the client doesn't have time at all they don't want to be bothered they want things to happen almost like it's disneyland right like present me these options i want it to be nice and clean and and tidy and you handle the stuff in the background I'm going to pay for it. I know it's going to be expensive, but make my life easy, right? They don't want to get involved in the minutia. The minutia. And the, the thing with the luxury market is you either have time or you have money, right? So if you do a DIY event, right, that's the exact opposite. You, you have to spend all this time because you're not going to spend the money. But if you are doing a luxury event, it's the exact opposite. Like you get your time back, but you are going to pay. And and these days, I think service is factoring more and more and more and more into the luxury market because before, to me at least, there seemed like a good baseline level of service, like whether it was domestically, if you were at a nice hotel or you were at the Ritz-Carlton or something, you pretty much knew you were going to get great service. Mm 
And these days that is absolutely not the case. Like you can go to a hotel that and, and stay and be in an $1,800 a night hotel room and still go downstairs for breakfast and the service is lousy. And so I think we're just going to keep heading towards this hyper premium luxury to really reflect amazing, amazing service. Because to me, that's the, that's the, the real downfall right now is, is people can deliver gorgeous decor. They can deliver gorgeous lighting. They can deliver all this stuff. But when the service is just lousy, it, it does, doesn't matter that you're at a million dollar event. Yeah. So, cause, yeah. Cause people will remember how they were treated. Or, it, exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's not only just how they were treated, but how the wait staff or the staff shows up. And like, to me, the, the biggest thing that I fight at least in, in working in luxury market is just like the, the com- to me, what's common sense as far as staff and the staff looking sloppy, right. Or not having their hair pulled back and looking neat. And, and, you know, some clients just don't want you to have multiple piercings and tattoos, even if it's chic and hip and all those things, it, you just can't always do that. Right. And that's getting harder and harder to find people who are properly trained and kind of instinctually know, you know, you, you, you can't be drinking your water bottle as you walk across, you know, anywhere where a client is going to see or have your sleeves up, you know, mm-hmm. for being a bartender. Mm-hmm. So settle the subtle things. Yeah. So it's really about service. I, I feel like we went to this brunch at this really great place in Rhode Island and it was more than we didn't look at the prices before we went. So it was like extravagant brunch, mm-hmm. but the service and the food, it was awesome. And it was like, oh, that was a joy. Like it was such a treat yeah. and we, we loved it. And, you know, it's just that whole vibe of luxury, enjoying that. Like I, I totally get it. And like when the service goes downhill, it's like, yep. what are you what are you paying for? What what's the point? And we're hearing that, or at least I am um hearing that so much more, where mm-hmm. it is, God, it was a gorgeous wedding, or it was a gorgeous, or the venue was gorgeous, or the hotel itself was gorgeous, or whatever it is, but God, the service was just awful. Or and over and over and over and over and over I keep hearing that. And and you can't have in my opinion, it's not sustainable to have, you know, dinner for two be $350, let's say, and not have really good service. Right. Um, I'm not saying they've got to be waiting on you hand and foot with white gloves, but they do have to be attentive. The drink does have to come in a, in a reasonable amount of time. They do have to know what's, you know, on the menu and how to pronounce things and what's in this and that. And I think that's the other thing is all these dietary restrictions are really coming into play. And, affecting the caliber of service, but I'm, I'm just concerned that the prices of everything are just going to continue to skyrocket for, for people who really genuinely know and want good service. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now that we understand what, you know, like the luxury market is, how do we start selling ourselves and our services inside of this market? Well, I think the most important thing always is I think most of us build our businesses backwards, right? Like we say, Hey, I'm really good at planning events. I'm going to be an event planner instead of are there, how many event planners are there, you know, where you live? How do you know, do they need another event planner? Do they need it? Like what, what is your secret sauce that the market is really looking for? And 
I think if you can keep that at the forefront of your mind and just keep asking the question of what does the market need? What does the market want? Where is the hole? So to me, no matter what aspect, whether it's events or anything else that I went into, I would be highlighting and focusing like right out the gate on service, 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 whether it is, and it's relatively easy to do considering what's happening in the marketplace right now, right? Like, so if you put a, if you fill out, um, you know, a form on somebody's website, it takes forever for somebody to get back to you, or they don't get back to you at all, or you call them and you don't get a call back, things like that. So where I would start is just having very clear, um, like that you're going to just deliver whatever it is. Right. Over the top, faster, better, more responsive, better options, whatever that would be. So that I would say that's number one. Number two, I always say that you have to go where the fish are swimming and you, you can't just put and, you know, have a oh, great SEO on your website and then think, oh, you're just going to attract this luxury clientele who's, who's all of a sudden going to be like, oh, great, I'm going to complete a form, right? Where you, you have to go where they are, which is, you know, country clubs or, um, you know, resorts or a big one, at least here is, you know, through charities because, and, and you've got to be, kind of among that set that's that to me is the easiest way to break into the market is because you you know the more things cost you get into this whole no like and trust component and mm-hmm. the luxury market is very 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 much um tied to knowing liking and trusting somebody does not want to hand especially with all these things you know we hear on the news and about scams and stuff that, you know, you're going to ask somebody to wire you $50,000 as a deposit, let's say, to to book an event. They have to know you're legit. Right. And I think that is crucial. I think having, um, obviously having a social media presence and presenting a luxury lifestyle definitely helps, but certainly luxurious whatever it is you do and that you know the difference because so many times i think i think the word luxury is almost means nothing now like if somebody says oh, i'm a luxury blah 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 i'm like okay and i but i can see it in five seconds on their social media pages because i can be like oh the linens aren't touching the floor or wait what's that in the background i see a server with you know so it's all in the details and 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 it's about really understanding what now the rapper who's got a billion dollars and whatever, they might have a different set of luxury standards, but it's about really understanding that audience and then picking that target audience that works best for you and that you can easily access and, and you kind of understand their needs. That's right. the, that's the simplest way to do it, but you, you really have to be where they are. So how do we reach this particular clientele? How do we start getting our foot in the door? What I what the, the simplest thing to me is first of all decide who you've worked with in the past or who your ideal client really is for whatever reason. And then let's I to me the simplest way is like if 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 I had a coaching client that said to me, "Listen, I just moved here. I have no connections. I don't, you know, um nobody's heard of me. 
how do I tap this market? The first thing I would do is figure out what are the top charities, philanthropic organizations, all that kind of stuff. Um, who's on the boards of them? Who's, who's part of their, you know, who attends their galas, that kind of thing. And I would pick a couple of them, a couple of those charities that obviously resonate the most with me and that, that makes sense for what the closest thing, what they think their target audience is, right? Because in the beginning, when you're starting out or you're trying to tap a new market, you have to just throw the mud at the wall, right? You have to say, I think this is my luxury target market. And then you have to be willing to change it a bit. But to me, the easiest way in is, is with charities, right? Because charities notoriously always need help. There's never enough money. Um, they are always stacked with people who typically have money, you know, who are the benefactors, et cetera. And jumping in and saying, hey, listen, I want to help is the, is the easiest way for somebody to know, like, and trust you, right? You jump in and you're you know, an extra pair of hands at this event, and then they see you at the next one. And then you're just known as like, oh, that, you know, that's the worker bee or, and that's how you start to develop those relationships. So for me, it would be volunteering in, in, in charitable things that match your target audience. Yeah. And then revising it as you go. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's smart. Cause it's all about networking. It's all about right. being in the room and being, oh yeah, that's Janae. Yeah, she's our photographer. She does great work. Oh, she always delivers on time. Like, and just exactly. Or yeah. she always, you know, she we we booked her for the charity event, and we were supposed to get. She's supposed to be there for two hours and give us X number of images. And she was so sweet. She was. She got there half an hour early and said, "Did we want to take have any setup shots?" And then she gave us twenty that we could just use on social media. You know, it's that extra little, and and. There's so many, and people think it's it's so hard to tap into these markets. And I'm not saying it's easy, but consistency is the key piece and having a strategy. Right. And everybody needs something. You just have to figure out what it is. And and obviously photography is a fabulous way to to get in because these days everything is images and reels and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um the luxury market, if they're a certain age or a certain age and older, forget it. They're going to be technologically challenged for the most part. I'm, I'm you know, painting a broad, uh, with a broad stroke, but they're probably going to be challenged. They're probably, the charity's not going to have the best developed social media platform. Anything you can do to jump in with that, like the social media component, helping with photos, helping with hashtags, helping with, reach helping with hey you know if you guys have a qr code um and a you know donate now button you know a call to action on your invitations like anything that you can do to help to be that that marketing person that's vital and they'll never let you go because they're gonna be like oh my gosh that's the girl that knows how to do that stuff right and and if you can and if you can show where you're bringing in a sponsor like, that's amazing. Even if it's just an in-kind sponsor, you know, and you're new to the group and, and they're just going, oh my gosh, we, you know, we're over budget and we haven't even gotten the bar taken care of. And your friend owns a small tequila company or something. I mean, cut a deal so that you can, you're, you're, you're bringing value and you're, you're really, you really are helping their bottom line because now they don't have to spend X amount 
for their bar. Right. So there are ways you, but as I see, I think photography and social media and anything kind of tech related, like they're ecstatic. Yeah, I love that. It's such a good tip. So how does networking impact your reach overall? You know, do you, I mean, is it important? I think it's hugely important because, because all of this, like what we're talking about basically is marketing and there's so many different layers to it. Like I kind of think of marketing as like a seven layer cookie bar, right? Where you've got to have the, you've got to have the networking component, right? The, the component of actually knowing the people who might give you business so that they know, like, and trust you. But then you've got to, you might know them kind of boots on the ground, but then let's face it, other people, you're not going to meet one-on-one and other people are finding finding resources on Instagram. So you've got to have that component, right? And then depending on your target audience, like if your target audience skews younger and has money and, you know, it heads towards the entertainment industry or whatever, you're going to want to be on, let's say, TikTok um, and really speaking to that audience. But the, the, the key thing is to, is to constantly be analyzing what's working and what's not. And and most of us don't do that. We just go, oh, okay, I'm going to have Instagram and I'm going to do, th- I'm going to do this and I'm going to network. And then, but we don't have a strategy. For example, I'm going to go to this charity event or I'm going to go to this, you know, join this charity and I'm going to go to four meetings. And at the four meetings, I'm going to make sure I'm, you know, of course, helping out and doing your part, but you're going to want to get X number of cards from people. Um, you're going to want to follow up with them, right? Not necessarily on a business thing initially, but even something like, oh, I know you mentioned your roses or your, I just found this great place. I thought I'd pass it on that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's warming things up on many different components, but also making sure that your, your reach is broad enough so that if, if some, if you don't, you know, aren't literally sitting at an event with somebody they can still find out about you on social media. And then also making those connections like through collaborations, whether it's through people, let's say, you know, going back to this charity piece that you can tag with you on social media at the event, promote it. And then that gets that third party endorsement that is is so, so, so important. So when you can get those testimonials, you know, as part of your social media or on your website, um, that goes a very, very, very long way to establishing yourself, especially with the luxury market. And then the more high profile, the testimonials, the, then, then you're really off to the races. But it, it has to be a strategy and as opposed to what I see most people do, which is just like throw them out at the wall and, and end up spending a lot of time, but they're not sure which of their marketing efforts is working the best. Right. Yeah. I guess. How would you even know? How How would you even like know your return well, on investment there? You 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 keep analyzing your market, and so what you do is like I I have an exercise like this in the book where it's just like you write down your ten past clients. Like, where did your ten past clients come from? Like, or, well, first of all, who were they? How much did they bring in for you? And then where did they come from? And it seems like a very simple exercise to just you know, I say write it down instead of type it, even though I'm like the biggest tech girl ever. But I think <laughs> there's something different happens when you're writing it down and looking at a piece of paper. 
But what you start doing is you start seeing patterns and you're like, holy cow, like all those people, like half of those people came from a referral from, you know, my noisy friend, Jane or Jennifer or whatever, or wow, a third of those people came from my work colleagues referring me, you know, for my side hustle. And when you, when you really take 10 people and, and then start going, oh, and you know what? Those are my last 10 jobs. And five of them drove me insane. And those were from the noisy girl, right? But then the <laughs> other five, maybe that unit wasn't as great as a referral source, but my gosh, the clients were all easier. And we, we all know that, right? I mean, we yeah. all have people where you're like, oh my gosh, really? Let's like, they're like, oh, well, I give you a lot of business. And you're like, please do not give me a lot of business. <laughs> like, I, I would be, please, like, <laughs> you, like, in fact, I can refer you to my competition, like, who I would love to just get back at, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's a big part of it. But you, but you, it's, you got to be proactive. And it goes back to the whole Michael Gerber, Emith Revisited, which if people haven't read that, they've got to which is all about working on your business versus working in it. And you have to step back and spend a certain portion of your week every single week saying, what is working? What is working and what is not working? And, and where's the time investment? Because I see so many people just put so much time every week into social media. And then when you say, well, how many clients did you get from it? They're like, well, you know, it takes so it always kind of goes in circles, right? Yeah, you're like, well, no, how many clients? I, I'm not saying, by the way, that they need to get a client tomorrow. I'm just saying, okay, go back six months to your. Have you gotten a client in the last six months, or have you gotten a referral through Instagram that led to a client? You know, something. Otherwise, I'm not saying get off Instagram, but I am saying change your strategy. Yeah, I think there's more in the tangible one-on-ones recently, or mm-hmm. maybe have have always been, but I think. Uh, coming to the realization that being part of the being in the room, being part of the solution, being present is mm-hmm. more worth your time, in my opinion, than being on social, yeah. you know, yeah. like posting here and there. Fine. But I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know. I've had this shift where I'm like, I need to be doing other things, not being on Instagram, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 And and I think it de- it really depends. On, it depends on, you know, how long someone has been part of the market, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you might be very well established and you can kind of get away with that because they're, you know, you've been, you've been around a while and you've already got the street creds, let's say. But if somebody is newer and they need more exposure in general or more of a portfolio or they don't have, you know, the experience or everything, you know, on their, on their website or, then they might need to do a little bit more. But that goes to kind of what we were talking about in the very, very beginning, which is who is your target audience and kind of where are you in that mix? Like, have you, have you been in that location for a long time and, and everybody knows you or are you brand new to town? And then are you looking to, to amp up your business with luxury clients or do you already have some luxury clients and you just want a few more? And those, those questions and their answers to, determine the direction of your strategy. Yeah, I love that. So are there some things that we should not do or we should avoid when trying to sell ourselves? 
hundred percent. Um, yeah. Like, what should we like, avoid? <laughs> I social climbing. Like I can think of two people that have kind of are doing a little bit of the strategy of what I'm, what I'm telling you about probably because they read it in a, in a book or something. And I'm talking about kind of people hyper local to my environment, but you can take it too far. You have to use your emotional intelligence and like not just come on too strong, especially in the beginning and especially until you kind of figure out what the market is like. The reason I say that is because if you, if you are only going into this, right, um, with, oh, I'm in a network of charity events and which are the most high profile, et cetera, the, it's going to backfire eventually. That's why I say it has to be like, which are the ones that are true to your heart and, you know, yeah, they've, they've got great exposure, but you also believe in them and you can also contribute something. Mm-hmm. Because if not, what happens is it'll backfire because then it becomes obvious who's just only climbing through the ranks to get on the board or be the chair of this or be the chair of that. And that person is also always trying to post with the key people and always trying to, and then then they're at the next event and doing the same thing and, and always just kind of stirring up like the social connections as opposed to recognizing that it's give and take and the luxury market. And, and you have to know who you're posting about, right? If somebody is really private, you can't just start posting and tagging and saying that you were, were a celebrity, that you were at the event. And if they want that, or they've got a book coming out, or they've got, that's a completely different story. Right. But you, you do have to factor in kind of, as I say, these emotional intelligence components where you're like, it, it, it just can't be obvious that you, all you're after is, is just climbing the ladder. Because with the luxury audience, that's probably the one thing that I hear over and over and over. You can just smell it. And it's just like, ugh, get out of here. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) yeah we've had enough don't do that (laughs) yeah yeah i love that so before we wrap up i'd love to know like where should we start basically like there's so many there's so much great information in today's show and i feel like you've really hit the nail on the head on a lot of great on this topic but person i like to end each show with like one or two really tangible tips that people can do after each episode where should our listener our audience start when they decide, okay, I want to go into this market. I want to start doing this. Where, what should I do right now? 
Okay. Well, I'm going to give you one answer and then I'm going to give you my real answer. So okay. one answer is buy the book, but are you making any money? Because then you can just have all the answers right in there. But, other, but the real answer is, is do the exercise where you write down where you got your last 10 clients, even if they weren't luxury clients. And then where did those clients come from? And you know, who, which ones were the best ones? Which ones would you like more of? And if they, let's say, weren't high enough caliber, did they come from one particular person? Did they come from a business referral source, et cetera? And if you want them to be higher caliber, how could you replicate that, but just at a slightly higher level, right? So if they all came from, you know, your noisy friend, Susan, well, we all know there are noisy friends who just love to refer people all day long. So how... Do you find more of those people? And, and I'm a big one of, you know, you write your 10 events, you write where they came from. And then I do this all the time is I write a list of, okay, 20 ways I can get more of that kind of business or 20 ways I could get into the luxury market. So I might write, check out X charity, check out, um, you know, if your kids are in private school or your kids are in a school in a, in a certain area where you know, the demographics skew how you want. Did you participate more at school? And you literally write the list of 20 ideas and no, you cannot stop at 16. You can't stop at 19 because a lot of times the magic is at 20 when you're like, oh, I don't know where. And then you're like, actually, that's a great idea. And you start somewhere and then you just start pegging and then you, then you rank your list. So you get your 20 and then like, okay, I'm going to start with number 19. And then I'm going to go to number four. Then I'm going to go to number. And you, you just start systematically pegging it off and seeing what the return on the investment is. Cause you can put an hour in and get an ROI on your time. So, and it doesn't have to be, I got one client after an hour, but, but start working your strategy and seeing like, okay, I think this is where they're going to come from. Right. And then you just keep course correcting because you're not going to get it right the first time. Right. But just focusing on creating a strategy and working the strategy is going to make it will be mind blowing. Yeah. I love it. This is so great. Marley, thank you so much. This episode, this has been so much fun. <laughs> thank you. Well, I, I hope so. It's, it's a, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I can tell. And it's just such great information. And I feel like when people hear it the first time, They'll have a lot of aha moments. And then hopefully when they go back and re-listen and be like, oh, I missed that. Let me do that too. So this has been perfect. Thank you so right. much. I'm so happy. You are, you're so welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's tell everybody where they can find more about you, your services, your book and say hello online. Yes. So the best thing is probably, or the easiest is probably just to go to Instagram at the party goddess, which is two D's and two S's. And then you can find the book, um, but are you making any money? on Amazon. That's the simplest. And yeah, and the website is thepartygoddess.com. So any of those ways you can contact us and just reach out and say hi or follow or or buy the book. Phone. Yeah. Or buy the book. <laughs> exactly. That would be great. I have, have two more kids that have to go to college. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, all these links will be in the show notes. You guys can swipe on up right now. Click on the links and let Marley know you listened to today's episode. Marley, thank you so much. It was so much fun. And I hope to have you back real soon. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day. 
Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. Huge thank you to Marley for being here. It was so much fun chatting with you, and I love today's episode. If you want to find out more about Marley or get her book or say hello online, click on the show notes and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right. Bye, you guys. Can't wait to share our next cup of tea together.